I think we can both agree. There are powerful and unseen entities in every atom of the entire universe all over the place forever in every direction in space and time. Uh, Every human culture has encountered them. Even in human cultures where they don't have names for them, people encounter them and then those people get called all kinds of names and they come up with all kinds of rationalizations for what actually happened to them. But uh, suffice it to say, they're real, they're everywhere, they, in, they interact with us. My question for you is, what are they? <laughs> hmm. Uh, I love where you started. So I'm going to take a circuitous route, I think, because we have to. Uh, and doesn't really matter because wherever you go, you'll encounter them. But a few minutes before jumping on here, I had, for some reason, the thought, you know, I've had it with these motherfucking angels on this motherfucking soul. (laughs) Because what they are, I guess, is invested. Mm -hmm. Because they need us in the same ways that we need them, whether or not we realize it. And how do I put this in a way without being completely useless? I mean, they're people, basically, mm. but they have different rules from us, and they have different times than us. Uh, it seems like they perceive things in a much more non-linear, non-local, atemporal fashion, but they cross over, kind of like you know, splicing two different planes together, and suddenly a third dimension emerges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are they uh for me a big part of this is also about the kind of duality of both the soul and the body which kind of i feel replicates in a fractal manner all the way up Mm. and it's kind of like these beings interlocked with our own natures and vice versa but they're also comprised of other things as well. And when I say that, that's not just a purely metaphysical out there thing. I mean that if you develop your perceptive senses, if you open up your awareness, if you allow yourself to be sensitive enough to be vulnerable, and that is a big thing, I think. It is that Mm -hmm. sense of vulnerability that prevents people from accessing these worlds and perceiving them directly because you have to be touched by something that is outside yourself in order to perceive it, at least in these realms. Mm -hmm. So whatever they are, they have different sizes. They have different roles. Some of them are really, really, really fucking big. Mm -hmm. And others of them are pretty tiny and small. You can put them in a stone, carry them around in your pocket, perhaps. And even that is not necessarily binding in the way we think of being in one place because they don't exist in one place. They filter through material reality and, I believe, expose themselves or bind themselves or a part of themselves through resonance. Like in a sort of harmonic or acoustic sense, like there's like, can you can you can you break down why you use that word for it? Yeah, because I do think it's harmonic in the same way that. You know, all of us have different body types. We all have different astrological signatures. Um, 
I believe that on the scale of, say, if we're talking about angels, which I think are the really, really big things, mm. um, also the things that seem to exist or come from a realm beyond even our own zodiac, you know, there's the idea of the decans, and we'll just jump into astrology land. Uh, a lot of different cultures and esoteric works say that the decans are further out than our solar system, that they're mm. further out than our zodiac, and, and that our zodiac is defined by the stories of the decans. Mm -hmm. And so the planetary system we have is like our local myth language dual synchronistic material expression thing of the nature of these decans and so we're like well we know you know moon through saturn so we will just call this decan to be, to be associated with that thing mm -hmm. but these are really squashed down masks tiny little portholes through which the vastness of these beings get expressed and how do you find those portholes? That's the mm -hmm. resonance. That is the, um, you know, in an mm -hmm. astrological sense, you can be like, oh, Jupiter in the sign invites this kind of being or entity. But on a personal sense, it is, you know, the lived experience. It is your story. Um, the really big thing of it and the reason I, I started with that silly quote is because um, the more I've learned about them, the more I realized that I wasn't learning something new. Uh. I was just finding what was already there. Uh -huh. And the more I learned about, you know, my own personal story with my, uh, you know, quote unquote, holy guardian angel or inner self or whatever you want to call it, like that angel is in a book that was written before I was born. And that spot is on my natal chart in a place that hits my personal planets. Mm -hmm. And there's no explanation for that, but it is a concrete manifestation. Uh, in the material and tangible world. And the only thing you can call that is a kind of like resonance through time, mm. I suppose. It kind of sounds like another way of describing that phenomenon is like, like maybe you can understand it in terms of like a higher dimensional thing crossing into like a lower dimensional space. And I'm talking like purely in like flatland math. Mm -hmm. terms where like if a cube passes through a universe that is inhabited by squares all they will see is like a slice move that that's like a shape that's like gets bigger and then gets smaller again uh it, it's it's what i mean is like the resonance or I, actually i think that i'm asking if this is what you mean the 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 way that you're using resonance kind of sounds like you're saying there are levels or layers of these realities where these beings are that are um comprehensible from our own kind of experience and so what 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 it means what what i'm getting from the from the idea of resonance with them is that you're not able to directly perceive them or completely perceive them or encounter them on their own level you're only able to experience the way that they um, can be perceived in the sort of rules and um, uh, like symbols of your own plane. Is that is so? So it's 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 like your idea of them resonates with whatever the reality of them truly is. Not it's it's not like you know them the way they know themselves. 
Is that does that yeah, speak to absolutely. it? Absolutely. You know, there's this idea of the brain as this electromagnetic receptor, right? And we're talking about tuning radio frequencies, which is a kind of resonance in itself, mm -hmm. but it's not just the brain, it's the heart, it's the entire body, it mm -hmm. is the entirety of our experience. And so in a way you can say we are the instruments and we have to play the right notes of ourselves in order to make the music that calls them down to dance. Nice. Um, and this metaphor comes to mind because actually last night I was doing a uh, an ecstatic Jupiter prayer. It was magic. It was a type of uh, result-seeking thing. And so I put on some very loud Jupiterian music blasting, and uh, I thought I'd just sit there and pray and, you know, like kind of go in that moment because that's what I used to do in the past. It's been a while since I've done this, and I was a little more shy back then. And then I feel, no, you get up. And you dance mm. because that's what Jupiter wants. Mm -hmm. He wants that ecstatic motion and whirling. And, you know, I was making glyphs and swinging my arms around. And my headphones were falling off and it didn't matter. Um, and ultimately, this was a little bit of a rushed thing for me. So the event that I wanted to occur did not occur. But I got something else that was very Jupiterian in response that was like that very fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, my spouse was coming home. And they said, there's a cat in front of the door, just like sitting there. It's never happened before. <laughs> and uh, we said, you know, oh, well, we are eating sushi, but we eat sushi a lot and there's never been a cat. <laughs> so after that, I also felt changed. Even if the thing that I wanted didn't quite manifest, I was happier. I was lighter. I was more Jupiterian in a sense. And you can <laughs> say, oh, you know, you're just putting yourself in a good mood or whatever. But the more you open it, the more you allow that to be the permanent change. And that is the equivalent of the spiritual work in the material. It is to change ourselves. It is to tune ourselves. It is to create music out of our lives. Wow, that's really beautiful. I I want to I could just keep talking about music with you. But the 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 thing the thing that I'm the thing that I'm uh, bubbling on here is something that you and I are comfortable just just going ahead and doing, but I want to actually pause and reflect on it for a second. You have mm -hmm. introduced a planetary being into the sort of I don't want to call it a hierarchy necessarily, but into the let's call it the the uh, like the cosmology of this discussion. Um, and mm -hmm. I think there are probably a lot of preconceptions out there about astrology and and, and astrological worldview um, about what the planets are and do whether credulously or incredulously like that like both both like pro and anti-astrology views have baked in ideas about what astrology says planets are and so I want to ask <laughs> you about Jupiter in the in this experience that you had, like where and, and also the sort of hierarchy. You said angels were the very big ones, right? Like I want to get into that too. Mm -hmm. The the like what like what is a planet in the alive interactive sense that you're talking about as it fits into this whole scheme from the very small to the most enormous? Or who is a planet is maybe the better question. 
Yeah, because th- I'd say that that's exactly the right question. Who is a planet? Because I feel that, you know, the the zodiacal space is a path. It's a series of rooms, environments, experiences that the planets are going through. And they are the symbolic representations of something even higher. In our world, they look material. Mm-hmm. But in truth, they are also symbolic for somebody else mm-hmm. at a higher level. And I kind of describe them as masks for the true nature of the god behind the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to differentiate between Jupiter and Zeus and say, you know, well, really, I was praying to Zeus based on his mask that he was wearing. And that's also the or- origin of the Deccans. They're called the faces, as in the masks mm-hmm. that the planets would put on. And you have all of these schemes of rulership. So when we're talking about planets, we're talking about both the material thing that exists, its symbolic meaning, the god that is there, the events that correlate to that planet's placement, and all of our material existence as well. I mean, some of the most trippy things I've experienced with astrology was looking around, looking at the planets and realizing that it wasn't just, you know, a vibe or in my head. I was like, there is an object that signifies this planet's behavior or nature. And it's here right now in this moment, not at another time when it doesn't make sense. It's here when it makes sense. And the more I look at that, the more I'm like, the planets are the timekeepers of our reality. They make sure that things happen in the manner that they should at the times that they should. And if they didn't exist, well, I think we'd be screwed. (laughs) And sometimes people will be like, you know, what if you blew up the moon or whatever? And um, I'm not sure reality would allow that to happen Uh because that would be really, really, really bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And the only reason I come to that conclusion is after many, many, many observations of how deeply intricately tuned we are to these planet cycles but also that you know you get visions and and magic exists and you can access them at any time not something i'm as familiar with but i hear magicians say you know you can always work with the god behind the planet because they're there too it's just one layer the planet is the mask Mm. okay so i don't use the word god to describe the particular being behind the planet, if you will, because of cultural reasons Mm -hmm. about what that word means. And, and we don't, I, the, the, the thing that I want to get into about it is not a theological discussion about an ultimate singular God or not. Yeah. Not that's, that's, that's like, a different conversation. But what I'm interested in is your description of angels as the big ones and where the angel God flip happens or what, what, like what, what is, what, what is up with these two categories at the sort of big scale behind the planets as the concretizations of those forces. And, and, just to be transparent, the reason this is of such particular concern to me is because I, I, my, my sense is that the Jewish astrological standpoint is that the beings behind the planets should be better understood as what 
the non-Jewish world has come to call angels, the, the Jewish word for which is malach, which means messengers, which is to say mm. servants of the divine. So they are, of course, unbelievably powerful, but they're not ultimately powerful. And that's what makes them particular. But like we can't we can't call them divinities according to our cosmology. We have to understand them as servants of the great divinity. Um, so that's sort of where the stickiness is for me between God and angel in terms of understanding what those big ones are. Is it sticky for you? Is there a difference? Um, what's the importance of the name of that category? Yeah, I think it's a scale thing because in the material world, if you experience something that happens according to some planet and you receive something that seems very magical, you're like, oh, that was an act of God mm-hmm. or a deity of some kind. But the story for ourselves and each of us. I believe is described, contained, expressed through the nature of our inner souls, who I believe are intermingled with these angel stories. Mm. And so the angels, in my opinion, are so big that they span everything. They can encompass an entire life. Mm. A planet and its associated deity cannot. They can only Mm. encompass you know, one seventh or one tenth. They have their domains, they have their purposes, they walk about the travelers and they do their thing and they bring, give, take, augment, change. But who's always there? Mm-hmm. Who never changes? Mm-hmm. That's the angel. Mm-hmm. And it's so big that it can contain all of that. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the the difference I would draw. Um, because on some level, there's also the idea of the spirits and the daemons that the planets themselves have in an esoteric sense. Mm. And you could say that the planets also have their associated angels. Uh And that introduces an entire new scale of thinking, which is a little bit beyond me, quite frankly. I, 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 this is a subtlety that, you know, in a lot of cases in, in these kinds of experiences and their resulting conversations, uh, like you realize, and you said this kind of before too, like you realize that you did know that already. You just didn't have like the, the perspective available at the time you were thinking about it once to, to sort of make that connection. But like that's, that, that is, it's really, it's, I mean, it's kind of mind blowing actually uh, to consider that, doing astrology uh like all the time and thinking of it as this like literally physically massive choreographed uh like interaction across millions of miles like you're actually talking on a relatively small scale in terms of the forces at work and and so like i you know i i i have like I, i began this conversation by talking about like how entities are everywhere at every scale. And I've had experiences of many entities at many scales. The one experience I've had where one announced itself by name in the language, in the religious language of my ancestors who gave it that name uh, as like one of the primary messengers uh, of the divine, it was manifest to me as a small child, which is something that, that, you know, 
they're mm. they're turned out to be documentation for uh, that I had never seen. Uh, you know, as these things <laughs> go, um, yeah. I I I, and we we've been talking the whole time about the resonance about sort of like I couldn't have fathomed the being in any other way probably if it had presented it to me presented itself to me in a in a in its true form or something even anywhere close to its true form. Um, I I want to ask you about the form in which the eternal and vast messengers have sh- like 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 is there a- let me just put it this way is there anything you can say about the form of the angels that you have encountered in your life i think they're all very unique and it's difficult to say anything universally about them except that universally everyone will recognize them for their own soul nature essentially it is about that individualistic recognition and for me my story as a as a myth is very much kind of biblical like i've spoken about tamiel uh she was one of the watcher angels who fell uh from grace and was imprisoned for teaching astrology to people and so you know my recognition is doing that and the very visceral reaction i have trying to do that in a world essentially full of a kind of ignorance um except this ignorance is not protected by something greater anymore you know we're no longer watched over i mean we are but not in that kind of you know perfect biblical sense Mm. so for me it's towers it's exile stories it's uh frozen wastelands in in the imaginal realm but like I've had all kinds of exiles in my own life. Hmm. And once I connected the story, I was like, I'm living it out. And that is one of the things, too, that makes it so complicated and so subtle, which is that, sure, angels exist as this kind of external idea, but ours, at least, are both extrinsic and intrinsic you know it's not just you have this little helper buddy that's gonna help you solve things and you're this individual person over here no it is you are that thing you are the differentiation and the mask that the angel is wearing this little you know pin's head worth of expression of this vast thing that nonetheless, you know, an infinite number of other things can dance upon, or it's not even really dancing upon. It is, they are the pin. 